Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we never tell a single white lie as we <laughs> chat about our favorite show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 16th episode in the series, The Truth Will Out. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <I just, laughs> this one is... A wacky one. I don't think I watch it very often um, as part of the, the first season, you know, uh, rigmarole here. But I, I do enjoy it. I think it is interesting because it has intrigue. Because you, as the viewer, really don't know where she's going to go with this whole, like, I'm worried about my will. Like, I think they do a very good job of building it up. And then it turns out, you know, as Blanche says, you know, <laughs> begrudgingly. Oh, so Charlie was a nice guy. <laughs> That was the big secret. <laughs> yeah, it lacks the, the Duncan Osgood cases. The intrigue of the Duncan spice. Osgood yeah. case, exactly. <laughs> but, um, um, but no, I like, I like that build. I think that's my favorite part of this episode. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I that's a, that's a fair case. I um, before I started this one, I wrote that I I think like I when I remember this one, I it's very weird and it's kind of like flat. Um, it's weird. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. It is there are a couple really, really funny moments. Um, and one of those starts. So Kirsten, Rose's daughter, Kirsten and her granddaughter, Charlie, are coming um, to go over the estate papers with Rose, which we will talk about because they decide to do it. <laughs> they decide to go over the will during um a time when they're going to get dessert for everyone else they just get sidetracked and accidentally start reviewing <laughs> the will it's very bizarre I know. Um, also backing up uh, even further even if it was an estate size like don't call them the estate papers <laughs> it's the will so okay douchey. Yeah. i know it's so bad <laughs> which um, we'll talk about in a minute with kirsten and the actress <laughs> But so we have to talk about so they're um, Rose is going over her plans for what they're going to do when um, Kirsten and uh, Charlie get there. And, you know, she's excited (laughs) because Charlie's never been to Miami. And um, so she's going over all of the things they're going to do. And there's a very we have a very special attachment to this line. (laughs) So I just want to make sure everyone realizes it's very, very important. All Um, 12 of you. Um, yeah, so she's going over all of the things they're going to do. And um, she's like, oh, I, th- I thought we would, Rose is saying, I thought we would go to SeaWorld and Gator World and Reptile World and, and Parrot Village. And Dorothy just goes, what? <laughs> the parrots don't get a world? That's outrageous. And it is, the the way that B. Arthur delivers the what is yeah. so it's like a squawk. fucking it's like a funny. Squawk. It's, she's, she's shocked. She is just like, and it's so funny. And it's like, Oh, they never but, miss a beat. No, I know, seriously. But the just the, but like with the the undercurrent of mocking, of course, underneath, which is yeah. just like this perfect relationship. I'm just like, oh my god, like why are you droning on? You don't have to say world after every fucking thing, you know? Like she kind of interrupts her own thought. It's fantastic. Yeah, because she wasn't actually asking for like their itinerary. She was just like, so what are you guys doing? And then you know, Rose proceeds to tell her every place they're going to visit. Um, but true fans of the podcast will know long time listeners <laughs> yeah, long time <laughs> listeners will know that parrot village was the name of our team when we came in third during the biggest outrage in trivia history third place <laughs> oh dun, dun, dun. why do they even make bronze medals i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh that's painful moving on moving um, on 
So uh, Rose is making uh, a snack you can panel your den with, um, which like anything that has molasses in it is just going to be that. And I can almost taste like what that log <laughs> tastes like with molasses because that just sounds awful, um, even as a person who likes sweet things. But um, Ugh, we makes my... this, this makes your what? Makes my teeth hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But also just they they introduce the B story right away, which is, again, to your point, it's flat. It's like the B story is nothing. It's just they're following a story. And I think that also it just like sets up some good lines for the whole thing I was talking about where there's a little bit of intrigue as to like what the secret is. But um, they're talking about the Duncan Osgood case and (laughs) damn it, professionalism out the window. Um. In the Duncan Osgood case, like, they're setting it up and Blanche is talking about how he's, like, found underneath... Or, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> wait, what is, what is it again? He's it's, dead. Um, and then he's dead, but found... she was... He was clutching... Somebody was clutching his dicky at the bottom of the pool she, or something yeah, she, like that. Like, his wife was clutching his dicky in her hand. <laughs> and then they make a joke like, well, that certainly puts her at the scene of the crime. And it's like, it's a third grade joke. And like, also, when I was watching this, like, way back, I had no fucking idea what a dicky was. Of course, because why would I? Because I'm not, I'm born in the 80s. I'm not from before then. And also for people listening who don't know what a dicky is, it is a like shirt collar and front like top piece of your blouse that you basically put under a jacket so you don't have to have the encumbrance of an entire shirt and I just don't (laughs) understand um but but anyway just played here where they're literally making a penis joke it is I love it I I think it's awesome it just slides right in there but it fits it fits so well uh yeah and B Arthur has like dead eye contact when she makes that um and it's funny that you said that you remember watching it and not knowing what a dicky is because I similarly didn't and I remember um I must have been watching like I was really hung up on this like after I figured it out like I was like it's like a half shirt what is that but if you've ever seen the Disney movie Peter Pan the dad is wearing a dicky so if you need a visual <gasps> he watch is the first- you're yes. right <laughs> And it like curls up yes, in the front. Yeah, you're right. That's right. I can see that scene. Also, mm-hmm. the dad's a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, probably I mean, like what? Duncan Osgood. <laughs> uh, for real. For real. Anyway, I just love that. Like, so Blanche is so into the drama, right? Like, and it's perfect for her because she loves drama. She's just like so into like following this. But she also gets a little intense with like, she's like, you know, sicking the death penalty on these people already like she just seems she needs to like ha- take a media literacy class and like just <laughs> cool her jets a little bit it's like you can't believe everything you read in the papers you know and like innocent till proven guilty blanche come on now yeah she loves to um like she just assigns the death penalty to anybody she's like george w bush she's like you like this guy maybe killed this person this person maybe stole my jewels like she she's very liberal with her use of (laughs) capital punishment um but i love but similar to or i guess like in the same vein of blanche loving drama of the duncan osgood case that that carries through because um at the very end of the episode when Rose and, and Kirsten are going to have this super intimate conversation about uh, Charlie and, and the estate, Dorothy gets up and she's like, I don't think we all need to be here. And Blanche is like, you're right. Bye Dorothy. Like she, like right. she's very right. invested in all of the drama of the situation. Um, 
but also on Blanche. So when Rose is talking about Kirsten and, and Charlie coming, um, she says she's a little bit nervous and nobody, everybody's sort of like, Oh, why are you nervous? But it, it just again goes back to like their minds being completely wiped because Blanche just like a few episodes ago was freaking out about one Virginia coming, but also when David was coming, she was very nervous. So like, Absolutely. yeah, you're right. I love like the visual of like a men in black, like mind wipe. Like, I have no yeah. idea. I've never lived this before. You're nervous about family, <laughs> but they do. Um, contra- like in contrast to that, they do nail. Finally, they nail down the kitchen setup. Um, there's three chairs at yes. the table, and and there's the the higher chair that comes over. Um, so things are starting to fall into place a little bit in this one. Um, you know, even though the Good note, the, I didn't real, I didn't recognize that. Mm-hmm. The plot's kind of weird, but the the set is coming <laughs> together at least. <laughs> yeah, and they also like they acknowledge again from the past, like family is staying. The whole like, you know, Sophia stays with Dorothy when there's family in town, right? Like so, uh, <laughs> Sophia just is like, lay off the broccoli at dinner, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great like it's like comes right after the dick joke there's like a fart joke which is awesome um but just the way she says huh it's like a perfect like again they're nailed like when they switch from mom to ma and they're just nailing like the italian new yorker in her yeah another time they do that is when sophia goes off on her crazy story about how she knows Frank Sinatra um and mm. she comes back and then they're like oh we're talking about Rose's daughter and Sophia's like we'll try to stay on the subject then <laughs> yeah yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh it's perfect it's like literally a life with an old lady it's so good yeah and so um so that's all sort of you know between the the regular the core four <laughs> if you will um but when it's crazy <laughs> I will yeah <laughs> Um, so when Kirsten walks in, this is another thing that's like so weird is she walks in and immediately greets all the women and brings her own rice, crispy brown sugar molasses log for them. Um, (laughs) but right away before she even puts her suitcases away, she's like, oh, I knew I had to come review the estate paper. So great visit. It's like, you wouldn't walk into someone's house and be like, oh, I'm just here to review the will, but I'm so excited to be in Miami. Like, just say hello seriously (laughs) just just say hello man yeah i think we so we probably both agree i i actually noted in this episode watching it as a scholar um (laughs) but i think the actress playing kirsten is actually a very good actress like she's hit she hits a lot of these notes and like the way that she delivers her lines like they work very well and there's emotional pieces through it yada yada but like the way she chooses to play her (laughs) And the way the character is written is just kind of douchey. And she also does have like a kind of a weird accent as we were talking about last episode, <laughs> like with Mrs. Beatty. Like what, what is that? Yeah. I, maybe it's like stage, like projecting an enunciation or something, but yeah, it's, it is, it's very strange. <laughs> like you're from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. You grew up on a farm and Rose was your mom. So like, come on, you gotta be a little, like, just tame, just tamp it down a little bit. <laughs> Um, before we get into like the real, like, um, you know, the meat of this story, I just want to point out that there's another thing that Donald Trump has taken away from me, which is that, um, there's a scene where the, uh, Star Spangled Banner comes on and, um, Rose is just listening to it on the radio and she stands up and puts her hand over her heart. And that always used to make me laugh so much. And it, it still did this time, but 
I couldn't not think of like MAGA people who, you know, like stand for the flag. Like, I just feel like it's so frustrating that, like, ugh. But the thing that's interesting, I had a different take on that because that is, I was actually thinking of my father as a little boy because he was telling me about this. This is the thing that we didn't experience. This is the conclusion of the broadcast day, which like, hey, kids listening, um, there wasn't 24 hour like programming. Like it would literally end. They would play the Star Spangled Banner and then they would open it back up in the morning. And my dad tells me about when he was little, he would wake up like at the first thing in the morning and not for the radio, but for the TV, but same, same. Like they would always have, you know, broadcast would start again and he would, you know, like have the Star Spangled Banner and like be like standing <laughs> there as a kid. Um, I think he maybe like put his hand over his heart i'm not quite sure i'll have to uh you know dad when you get to this uh you know uh get to listen to this episode finally get back to me but um but it's just very cute of like a little boy just being like all right this is the beginning like we just have this like american programming and then all of a sudden you know like lone ranger starts or some (laughs) other terrible terrible american cartoon um but yeah there is a degree of patriotism there but i just thought it was such a funny like oh man when do you ever hear about this like conclusion of the broadcast day (laughs) ever ever you know I mean that's like so foreign to me it is funny and it is very wholesome um and it's very in line with like what I imagine her character would do um it's funny that you said that also I I, just like it smarts a little yeah I remember my mom making us um like watch the Star Spangled Banner before sports events something that just it's all very funny (laughs) um so hi Lauren's mom yeah (laughs) um so Kirsten is here and, um, you know, like we've already like established that she's here to go over the estate papers, but also, uh, Charlie is there to go to space camp. Um, which first of all, also mom, Ugh. if you're listening, don't think I've forgotten about the time I wanted to go to space camp so bad and I never went and I'm, <laughs> I, I could be in the space station right now. <laughs> Yeah, and see, you actually were trying to make some feminine STEM progress, right? Not like fucking Charlie, who just wants to meet boys who want to be astronauts. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, but Blanche does it too. It sets up a very cute Blanche line. Mm. I know, I know. It sets up the Blanche line, but I always piss me off as a kid and as a teen and as now. <laughs> Watching this entire episode, I hate that line. Yeah, I remember as a kid being like, girl, you could be an astronaut. Even then, you know, <laughs> like, Charlie, totally. be better. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. They're actually, I was reading an interview uh, with like talking about B. Arthur saying that like, she goes, when I was a child, I used to question why a woman took her husband's name, which I thought was awesome. It's like she was talking about how when she was, you know, a, a little girl, like she was already a feminist and didn't even know it. And I, I like felt the same way about this of just like, like, like you, <laughs> I didn't beg my parents to take me to space camp, but I certainly knew about it. And I certainly wanted to go for me. God damn it. You know? Not the smelly boys that were going to be there too. Come on. Yeah, this show is so, I mean, we are, you know, like this continues to be a running theme, but this show is so pivotal, pivotal, I think in um, really forming my own feminism and and yours too, definitely. And, and just so many, I feel like so many people's, which is so great. Um, Yeah. But okay. So the, they basically are reviewing the estate (laughs) papers, right. And they, um, Kirsten is like, this isn't the right amount of money and blah, blah, blah. But Kirsten's reaction and to your point they're talking about it as they're waiting for dessert yeah so it's <laughs> like they're still out of the lanai <laughs> um 
But Kirsten's reaction is really mean. Like she gets so mad and her the um the verbiage oh, yeah. she uses is like, you managed a way to piddle away the fortune that daddy built and it's like it took a lifetime to build. <laughs> and also, like, girl, he was a mid-level insurance salesman. I don't know what you think he made. Yeah, but... like, you fell for this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, can we back up and talk about how Rose is like, I know how much you like my sapphire necklace, but I thought you'd get more use of the pearl earrings. <laughs> and you're like, one, Kirsten, you're getting some fucking pearl earrings, so shut your trap, okay? <laughs> Second of all, Rose, who are you giving that sapphire necklace to? <laughs> Maybe Ganilla. There's a lot of questions. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah. Anyway, there, there's just there's a lot to work with here. And you're right. It's like it's like this whole. I don't know. It's something about the dead father, like what Kirsten's dealing with, but also like you're lucky you're getting anything, girl. This is not supposed to be like your. Like, it's not a guarantee, you privilege. <laughs> yeah, but, like, her whole tone changes. Um, and Oh, yeah, it definitely does. And the, you know, her enunciating accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is... It... Mother. <laughs> um, <laughs> she calls her mother all the time. It's so terrible. weird. Um, Rose's decision to lie about Charlie. Um, so, first of all, also, I wanted to address that I thought Charlie had died while Kirsten doesn't seem to have been young enough to been fed to have been fed all of these lies about how her father was super rich and successful so I mean fact check there (laughs) but um but that aside it does line up with Rose's um sort of need to preserve everything and protect everything because as we've seen before you know she goes to damaging lengths to protect herself and the people she loves and the memory. And, you know, it it makes sense that she would do that to protect the memory of Charlie. Um, But, you know, the lies she's telling about Charlie are hurting Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That whole scene where, you know, she realizes that like, he's, he works very, very hard and he's very, very rich. Um, Which uh, also, by the way, there is, uh, fun little Easter egg that I learned from that awesome Jim Colucci book that I've mentioned before. Um, there is a YouTube like outtake where that girl was, you know, she is a child actress, so she couldn't be in every scene. And they're just like kind of doing a run through with a stand in of like the PA, like the 20 something PA or something like that is sitting in for her, like reading the lines. And Betty White just like takes all the makeup and goes crazy on his face like just takes like a powder puff and like puffs all like he's bald and he's you know she does this whole thing it's pretty great um but uh but anyway that whole like scene where she's his name is robert he lives in a castle also like something i could not relate to i'm like damn it girl you don't even want to go to space camp and now all you're doing is like playing with your grandma's like dress up stuff in her <laughs> massive massive bedroom as we've mentioned before um but uh but i do i do like how Betty White plays that scene and she has the realization of just like okay like I can't I can't be doing this <laughs> you know the the obviously timeline issues be damned in terms of the ages of granddaughter and daughter but whatever <laughs> it is it is a sweet moment and that's actually I do I do like that scene as part of the um decision that Rose makes to reveal the amazing truth that <laughs> that comes through in this episode yeah and I think also Rose um like it's it is a bit silly obviously but i think her intention um is that she wants kirsten to have this great picture of her father 
But I think also she wants Kirsten to, like, understand that Rose is okay financially or, or better than okay. She wants Kirsten, before this whole thing happens, I guess, to believe that she's wealthier than she is or something. Yeah. Um, well, I think just maybe maybe just well off. Like, she doesn't want her to worry about her. Right, which I think... Even though it makes... It's very clear that, like, Rose, you know there's a concern there right like she's not exactly like flush yeah exactly which i think does um like it's kind of ridiculous that she would lie about several other things but i do think that makes sense i think there's a degree to which parents hide financial things from their kids their whole lives but you know it's definitely um interesting to see that that carries into adulthood um as like a, a bigger takeaway um, and you mentioned this before, but Dorothy and Sophia, uh, sharing a bed is, is always really oh funny. Um, it's the best. So great. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite them sharing a bed scenes where <laughs> like, they're so irritating each other. And Sophia goes, if I didn't wake up tomorrow, you'd never forgive yourself. And Dorothy just goes, I'll risk it. <laughs> I think about that line all of the time. I think about that line, like, if like me and my husband have had a bad day and like we're not we're not ever getting in like knockdown drag out type of fights that we're like forget it let's go to bed angry or something like that but it's just like anything left unfinished right it's just like sort of like sometimes it does enter your mind if you're just like is this how we're gonna leave it you know (laughs) and I don't know I don't know if I just have some sort of fatalistic thing in my brain where like a lot of times I don't know it it helps me like live for the moment and for the day but but occasionally it does backfire where you're just like all right should we wrap things up here (laughs) I'll risk it I think it's just fantastic um Especially with just, like, the way, again, the way that the two actresses deliver it. They're really getting into a great um, a great relationship. It's perfect. Yeah, and Dorothy um, is being super obnoxious. <laughs> She's, like, fluffing her pillow. She but, really like, is banging being it obnoxious. Up. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but then Rose comes in, right? And then we have Rose and Dorothy sharing a bed. And <laughs> this yes. is also really funny because I think this is also very relatable, um, you know, like, in a relationship or anything where Rose is kind of just, like, going off on this crazy, like – self-discovery uh you know she's basically talking herself she's just narrating yeah herself. yeah exactly um but dorothy she also says i love you to dorothy <laughs> at the end which i think is very sweet god i thought it's you'd never like, no, shut honestly, up <laughs> seriously seriously but i think i think that part rose actually i think that's like one of the first times we hear like a true i love you like not from like a sophia dorothy port perspective but to the friends i think it's great but yeah it's it you're right it totally rings true with like anybody you're sharing a bed with and especially when you're sharing a bed with someone who's not your partner or like it's like a sleepover situation or it's like something out of the, out of the ordinary. You're just like, Oh my God, like I'm done. I'm done talking now. We're like finished. <laughs> Sleepy. I think it actually happens a lot when you have like twin beds in a hotel or something and everybody's like talking across and you're like, okay, I thought we were, we're done yeah. hanging out. Good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's pretty fantastic. Um, but yeah, like Sophia's whole thing. I'm like, I, it's like having two size nine fudgicles. <laughs> I also love how she says fudgicles <laughs> in her back. Not fudgesicles, fudgicles. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, seriously, the Sophia Dorothy sharing a bed are some of my favorite scenes of the entire series. Yeah, and so um, it is nice to see 
the Sophia Dorothy thing is really funny, but also Sophia like getting up and being like, goodbye, I'm going, like going back to her own bed <laughs> yeah. when Rose comes. Totally. Um, but it's a real moment. Perfect I... timing because they're all up at night at the same time. Always. I love it. Um, but it's it's a real moment of um, power, I think, for Rose to talk herself through this thing and um, come to the conclusion that like she has to tell Kirsten the truth about Charlie which again like you said with like how Blanche says like Charlie was a nice guy like there's no big reveal here yeah. like that's a big secret <laughs> <laughs> she's so bummed it's great um, but but you know it's nice to see Rose who I think the word weak isn't exactly applicable but I think she's you know she's she's sensitive and and she's working through it so it's nice to see her come to a place where like she has this reckoning of like I need to I need to tell her the truth and also like she I mean it, it does take a bit of a, a a weird turn when she's like then you just have a snowman built of lies it's like this is so dramatic I know <laughs> exactly I don't think I mean Rose is never weak I mean she's like she's demure sometimes right she's innocent like there's there's a lot to her but yeah like when uh I think like the line I'm thinking of when you say how how she does sort of like take charge in this moment where she's like mother there is nothing (laughs) to discuss sorry every time she hears and calls her mother it's like get the fuck out of here um mother there's nothing and she goes oh yes there is like that that tone that she uses is like the whole like I mean business and I've really thought this through and like yada 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 so it's great I think it's good um again kind of weak premise kind of weird but like it just it for me it really works and it began like again the whole like Blanche loving drama in the background (laughs) it's just very very funny (laughs) yeah I, I I agree I love I mean I talked about this earlier but I just love the final scene when um or one of the final scenes when Rose is gonna tell Kirsten and, and Blanche doesn't even look at Dorothy she's like bye Dorothy and she's just like yeah, so exactly. focused on she the like, drama um, which I relate to obviously <laughs> of course of course oh my gosh awesome well the truth will out it has <laughs> um all right well join us next time when we discuss what it says about a person when they build their life around Miami Vice as opposed to building your life around the Golden Girls, which is totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. See you then.